Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you okay. by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. All right, welcome back to the show. Very appreciative to have you as a guest and Derek McGarry as our sponsor. We got Mark White um, with us now. Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, good deal. Mark, I'm going to repeat the question that we had in the first topic because you weren't here for it. Studies show that the U.S. economy does better under a Republican Congress and a Democratic presidency. GDP rates improve, employment rates improve, health insurance rates improve, and the national debt average goes down. What are your thoughts about that? And I know you didn't get to hear the first half of the discussion, so it's really kind of whatever you want to say at this point. Well, uh, you know, I can see divided government as being somewhat beneficial because you bring an assortment of ideas into the mix, whether you uh, are progressive or conservative, you know, together that you... When you bring those ideas together, you can find out. And perhaps, you know, there is some, there is a little bit of truth that divided government um, actually may work better for the people. Now, you know, here lately in the last 10, 15, 20 years, uh, divided government hasn't been efficient at all. That's because uh, people got their own self-interest and their own self-motivation to, instead of, thinking about the people that they represent. Um, you know, statistics show that with divided government, that the GDP actually goes up to 4.2%, and you see a decrease in the unemployment rates, and you see household incomes go up about $1,600. Uh, so, it, you know, there's some truth to it, you know, statistically. But if you stop and you think about what has happened in the last, since President Obama and the, the obstructionism that has taken place, you don't see such a great increase and with, with divided government because everybody spends most of their time thinking about themselves and not thinking about the representation of, you know, the people that, you know, that, that, who set them up there. Um, listen, um, if we can ever get past the issues or divisiveness, um, and get back to having divided government, meaning having different ideas, but finding common ground between the two parties. There's a possibility that the United States can uh, come back strong. But until that point, you know, it's, it's going to be about a possibility. I like right. the word. And, 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 you know, piggybacking off of if we can get back, you currently have eleven, a total of 11 senators who are looking to pretty much opposed the election results and almost 100 or more right. congressmen right. from the GOP yeah. right and so yeah, that's right mm -hmm. right so you know as we posed to the panelists earlier what does going forward look like will we continue to see such things where we're stagnated uh instead of going follow uh forward with policies and procedures that are urgent for the country with this new administration yes um well, you know, Lamar, it's, it's, it's unfortunately, uh, it's not going to be a real good cure. Uh, president, uh, and I might just go ahead and call him president, forget about president-elect. President Biden is going to have a difficult time when he gets in there because, you know, you have such divisiveness. And listen, some of the major players of divisiveness are still going to be around, in particular the uh, Mitch McConnell. He's one of the biggest uh, uh, divisive um, people that's up on on Capitol Hill, and so you're going to continue to have this problem. And until people start sending these people up here 
who just thinking about themselves and start thinking about the the uh, the majority of the people, you're going to always have these problems. And listen, no matter how hard we try, you know, um, if the majority of the people don't don't want to send, they keep sending people up there like Louis Gomert and Mitch McConnell and and Ted Cruz and 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 Bruce Westerman. And, and Tom Cotton and all the rest of them, we're going to have these problems because they just got a, divi- a divisive, uh, divisiveness agenda. That's their primary goal, to, to be opposing to anything that's any, of any value because they got special interests in their mind, interest of uh, those people who put money in their pockets and or interest of just trying to maintain the status quo. <laughs> Bought and paid for... Let's kind of tweak and, and, and kind of pivot a little bit. And I'm going to address this to Mrs. Rice. Um, when you look at the legacy of, of 45, you know, we can talk about these congressmen and these uh, people who are opposed to the election results. But I'm pretty confident that Biden is going to be inaugurated and we're going to have a new president. So we can begin to talk about 45's legacy. Um, to the credit of Moscow Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Um, the federal judiciary has been remade and it is now conservative at all three levels, district, circuit and the Supreme Court levels. And this began with the party of no when Obama came in before Obama got inaugurated. They already had their agenda and they have stuck to it to their credit. And now they have remade the federal judiciary. Um, there are some concerns about what may come out of that, and and any of this is is a discussion topic. Uh, abortion rights or Roe v. Wade, it could be repealed. Um, voter rights or the Voter Registration Act, there is going to be a continued erosion thereof. And this is my that's the subjectiveness on my part. If you look at the emoluments clause, the part where Trump was not supposed to enrich himself when he was in office, there are new precedents that are going to be set if he's not because he's already gotten away with it. And if this new administration doesn't hold him accountable for what he did, then it's a new precedent. It's it, the the rules that whatever they may have been, the laws, however they may have been applied, that no longer is the norm because he will have shattered that norm, and and it's a new precedent. And it's the same thing regarding presidential pardons. Or um, the extent to which that latitude continues to be there. So, in saying all of that, Miss Rice, what are your thoughts about Trump's legacy? Well, and and thinking about all of that, I think that um, people will, in the future, look at him as someone who actually caused us to think about our country and our Constitution. Uh, the fact that we have the emoluments clause and the fact that he looked at it, he, he studied it, if you really think about it. And part of what uh, has been over the past several hundred years was actually a gentleman's agreement that I'm not going to do this because I put the country first. I think that what we will uh, look at in years to come uh, with our president that will soon be our past president is that he made us really think about what it what character means what does character really mean when you take over the when you become the president of the most powerful country in the world and you decide from looking at each and every part of our constitution how you can get over and that's what 
I think people will, will see and people will think about. And prayerfully, prayerfully, uh, that in the future, we will do something to stop those loopholes. Because, yes, he's made money. How can you charge your, your own government for a glass of water? I mean, these are things making sure that people stayed in, in his businesses, uh, never really stepping down from his businesses, stepping to the side, but never stepping down. Again, character is something that if either you got it or you don't. And when you don't have it, then gentlemen rules uh, go out the window. And I think that's something that we, that we will always remember. We will always remember the pardons that he has given to his friends. A lot of the people that he has pardoned, they didn't even apply to be pardoned. They didn't even go through the proper steps. They just called him on his cell phone and said, hey, man, I've been, I've been uh, to you this time you sent me out of jail. Basically, because if you look it up, if they didn't apply, they just called him personally because they had his number, and they got off. So, again, back to the fact that he never even read about that there's an application process and that there's a group of people that go through the party. He just decided they didn't, they, didn't, um, they were faithful to me, and so I'm going to be good to them. Again, those are things that we will never forget. And hopefully, prayerfully, we will continue to, we will look at making sure that the people that we vote for have character and understand what it means to be faithful to your country. Jesse Butch Keaton, we have, we have a, uh, we have a, a, some people, their, their main criteria for who they're going to vote for in terms of a party is abortion rights. Now, we're not women. But where do you stand on a woman's right to choose or in, or in general on 45's legacy? Because he has intentionally put people at every level of the federal government judiciary that are going to be very opposed to abortion rights. You know, when it comes to trying to legislate a lot of morality things that are just moral issues, uh, it's very difficult for you to... to um, you can you, you make the laws, but, but will it stop? No, it's not going to stop. And really, when you look at it, uh, that's uh, abortions are going to happen. I hate to say it like that, but abortions are going to happen. You know, you, you're either going to to have um, uh, legally and, and, and safe abortions and whatever else, because abortions was happening when I was growing up as a child. Uh, uh, but it was uh, in a way that I just can't describe over this this phone. But uh, for those of us who, who, who are older than I am, we know what I'm talking about. So what I'm saying is, is that, uh, that, that that's not that's not going to stop abortions. I think that as far as Trump's legacy goes, his legacy was made before he became president. Trump now is who Trump was before he became president. We as people and as this country. You know, uh, a lot of that they failed for this country failed for a lot of the stuff that he put out there, and 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 he emboldened him to become even more in the open of to show us exactly what he is and what he was. So uh, there, there, there was a song that many of us can can recall. Uh, it was a country and western song about the guy who picked up the frozen snake, 
and 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 warm the snake up, and the snake ended up biting him. And he asked the snake, "Why did you bite me?" And the snake told him, "Well, I was a snake when you you knew I was a snake when you picked me up." So we we knew Trump was who he was when we got him in office. So nothing that he's done has, has surprised me, but by no means, you know. Uh, I, but but who I hold more at fault than than Trump because he's who he is. He and he'll do that way until he dies. Is the people who we had placed in Congress, both in in the House and in the Senate, to control people. And that's the way it was set up. Democracy, the way it was set up, can work. If people, like Mr. Nelson said, are doing their job and serving the country and not trying to serve an, individual, uh, an individual's best interest. And right now we have a Congress, a Senate especially, who is set on their agenda for personal interest and personal gain, and as far as the people are concerned that they're representing, uh, that's out the window. So until we can get good people with good moral character into office and understanding that our votes do count and get out and vote and get people in those positions, we're going to get the same thing over and over again regardless of who becomes president because if the Congress is not using the checks and balances like it should be used, democracy will fail. So – Let's let's peek, let's go towards uh, the minority population. What does it look like for us? What are our expectations, our outlook? Considering we can't say that this hasn't grabbed our attention, pulled us in, um, you know, because we won't see another presidential election for another couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. In the meantime, what does our movement look like? Do we, you know, go on as uh, business as usual? How can we continue the momentum? Because we've seen uh, change in leadership, even within our minority population if we're talking of change in congress uh what does that look like how do we get there and let me mark I'm, i want i want you to answer that and i want to piggyback on what lamoya said and add this part to it when you talk about voting rights whether you're talking about voter suppression whether you're talking about gerrymandering whether you're talking about purging the rolls tuesday in georgia um the 30 percent 35 percent 36 percent of the population in georgia that is black those votes are under attack because they don't want those votes to be impactful as far as their power is concerned because they're going to put us off and they're going to put Warnock in office unless they take these measures. And what's crazy is that you may have thought of Georgia as red or purple, but Georgia voted for Biden and could potentially vote for one or the other. So what are your thoughts about Trump's legacy, about voter suppression and voter and all of this stuff that they're doing to keep people from voting? What are your thoughts? First of all, Trump doesn't have a legacy because in actuality, Trump hasn't done anything. I mean, he hasn't done anything but been beneficial to himself. So you can't, as part of a legacy, legacy doesn't necessarily mean you're a benefit to yourself. It means that you also a benefit to others. So as far as legacy is concerned, Trump hasn't done anything. Now, as far as the Republican Congress is concerned, their legacy is to, to in order to maintain control over the people. In particular, the people as 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 the communities grow in the United States become more brown and 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 more black and and more minority driven. They're to maintain control over it because that's their their solemn that's their solemn uh, their solemn uh, uh, stand. They want to remain on top. So in in essence, for for, for us as a uh, a community, we don't have to keep on charging. We can't give up. You know, we're going to have to change protests to policy. 
I mean, you got it's it's all good to stand out there and to fight for what you're but but we're going to have to put people in that position who can change protest to policy. So we're going to have to get rid of the politicians that we know. And I mentioned some of them earlier today. We have to get rid of them and put people in there who are true representation of where we are or who we are. And until we do that, which means that we're going to have to get off our behinds as a community and do what is necessary in order to get those people in there. We have a powerful voting block. All we have to do is utilize it. We have to put down the foolishness and get on up and do what it is that we're supposed to do in order to, to get that. Then we could have something that, you know, we can give some assistance. Listen, President Obama said that point. He said, it's, I appreciate everybody who voted for me, but if you don't give me the tools to work with, in essence, he's saying the legislative branch. You see, everybody doesn't understand how government works. Everybody thinks if you elect the president, that's good. No, you're going to have to have a legislative branch to go along with the president of the United States if he's in the party which you represent. So, for instance, that's the reason why Mitch McConnell was able to do all the crap that he was able to do because he had an idiot at the head of the executive branch, plus he had the power in the Senate to do what he had to do. So it's important that people have to understand, you, you must understand what gov- what, how government works. Great. It's the legislative branch is the branch that controls the purse. And if you know how leg- the, the government works, then you understand Send people up there who represent you. That means you have to get up and do something. You have to register. You have to go and pull that level. And sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's not the right time. But you're still going to have to do this. This is how you're going to create a real legacy, not only for our own people, but for the United States. Because, listen, America is changing. Just look out there. If you look at television, you see it's changing. If you look in your community, you see it's changing. So we're going to have to learn how to get out there and do those things to help Americans change. We've got to change protest to policy. Let, let me make one, one comment on this here before you get off that subject. How do we keep the momentum going? Let me tell you how you, how you keep the momentum going. First of all, you've got to take control of your, your city government. Then you've got to take control of your state government. Because the people right. who are really who are doing the gerrymandering and the people who are really doing the suppressing of the votes is at the state level. It's not at the national level. Until we That's understand right. that our, 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 our city government and our state government affects us more than our national government affects us on a daily basis, then too, uh, 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 we're behind the eight ball. We come out in numbers when we vote for the national, for the president, because we think the president is the big, is the big, big peel, which right. he is the big peel. But the support that Mark is talking about is that we have state government who is, is passing laws that, that re- reflects us in our state. We have city governments who are passing laws who reflects us in our, in our city. We have school board members who are passing laws who reflect us in our, in our demographics in our school system. This is where we take control of our government. And even though we won't have another presidential election in four years. We will have state elections. We will have uh, 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 city council elections. We, we, we will have uh, mayor's elections. We will have school board elections. We, we will have all kind of elections that will pass certain things that are go, go on in the next year or two that we can get in, involved with and putting people, responsible people in those positions so that when decisions come down as far as how many ballot boxes we're going to have over here, how, 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 how many uh, 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 what's going to happen on, on the school board level, at, at school system? All these things input into that. But until we get that, we're going to always be behind the eight ball. Don't worry. 
about local elections is what people say, get the national. No, what I'm telling you is vote and vote. Be ready in four years, but prime yourself to get ready for this year when elections come up and next year when elections come up and the year after that leading into that. And then you give the president the tools at the state level he needs in order to pass things at the national level. Brother Nelson, I don't want to shortchange you. So, go ahead. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to to, to let to let the important people talk, but but I agree. Now, uh, I think Mark answered the question, the first issue, and it is about the divided uh, government. You know, and, and Mark said that President Obama said, "Don't elect me and don't give me the tools to work with." Well, we can't give Biden the tools to work with if we got a divided government. Now, I understand the GNP and the GDP and all that kind of stuff. That's wonderful over there, but if you get the economy rolling and at the same time you got a, 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 a dysfunctional uh, two, exe- two, two bodies between the executive and the Congress. Then all of the G, GNP and the DNP, that, that, that GDP, I mean, that, that's, that's null and void. So I think Mark answered that question, you know, in, in, in view of, for me, in view of what we do about the divided government. Uh, I have a description here of Donald Trump that was I borrowed from CNN. And here's what they say. He is an ignorant barbarian. Now, remember, this is CNN. It's not Donald Nelson. He is an ignorant barbarian, sexual predator, and a shameless liar, a professional drifter, and a race-baiting would-be tyrant that represents the worst people that America has to offer. So now, if that's true, and I agree with CNN, then his legacy is that he is the worst president in in my opinion, that America has ever had, and that's out of 45. He is, now you've had some characters of Zachary Taylor, Woodrow Wilson, and some of the others, but at the same time, that's his legacy as far as, I mean, he is the, the worst that America has ever had, and I think that that will be his his legacy. All right. It is crazy to think that the second most, if you look at popular vote, the person who has got the second most other than Joe Biden is Donald Trump. Right. Despite the fact that these people who are deplorable, they voted for him. So it, it, it's crazy to think that. But with all of that said, well, we're going to take well, Go ahead. Well, Philip, I mean, it's really actually not that difficult to understand. You got to understand that the 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump have the same idea that Donald Trump had. Listen, it's about white privilege. It's about being and being able to be able to stay on top. These people also feel the same thing. That's why you have up so. I mean, it's not that difficult to understand. All you have to do is just, you, you know what kind of idiot that you got in Trump, and now you have 74 million people who actually agree with that because that's what they want. They, they, they crave that kind of thing because they're afraid or what's going to happen in the future. The future has already been presented itself. There is a change in America that's taking place. People don't like change. And you don't like change, but you actually going to go from where you may be the majority to you may be the minority. Listen, we, our people have been that way since we got here. So we're accustomed to it. But now if you're not accustomed to that, you're naturally going to balk at that. So that's what you got here. So it's not, it's not anything to be shocked about. It, it, it's to be expected. 
America the Great, huh? <laughs> that said, yeah. we're going to stick a pin in it. We got to go to a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to try to lighten things up a little bit. And if Lemoya is okay with this, I'm going to ask you guys if you had a New Year's resolution. And if you did, what was it? Y'all stick with us during the break. The Sunday Show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. This year has many people pondering the question, am I prepared for life's unpredictable moments? 2020 definitely offers new proof that things can change in the blink of an eye. Before these random, accidental, or unpredictable moments happen, we are here to help you prepare for them, just as we've always been and always will be. This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. And we are back continuing to uh, engage our fire panel this morning as we continue to discuss hot topics and trends. Philip invited the opportunity for our panelists to lighten our loads and give us a couple of smiles and chuckles with what are your new year's resolution as we have already dived into 2021 so let's go ahead and begin brother nelson i don't know if you still resolve yourself to do new things with new years but if there is a new year's resolution for donald nelson what is it Philip, I got out of that years ago. I, I'm still trying to catch it with the resolutions that I made 20 years ago. And so I, I know better. I know that generally these are promises that are made uh, for New Year's that's forgotten on Easter. So in the meantime, I, you know, I, I, let me spend uh, – uh, uh, well, no, no, no. I want to be uh, – I want to do exactly what you're asking. No, so don't. You don't know, Nelson. You go ahead. Whatever it is you want to say, you no, say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I, I, you know uh, – Somebody, you mentioned the the emolument. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, just ignore that. But whose fault was that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, you can't blame him totally because somebody was to bring him back in check. So in the meantime, you know, there are a lot of things that he did, uh, basically. You, you have to look around and say, well, well, whose fault was that? And then Mark mentions about the racist, being a racist, and how they were, I'm of the opinion that Donald Trump didn't make any racist. They were like Mark said, they were already there. Every racist that he had was already there, but the key was, he he provided them with what they wanted, and that was to make America great again, and I'm going to stop right there, because you know I can go on and let somebody else talk. <laughs> Joanne Rice, um, I, I, I'm kind of, I understand what Mr. Nelson was saying as far as not making New Year's resolutions. So what I did is I chopped mine up into pieces. I say I'm going to do something and I'm going to do it till spring or I'm going to do something until football season starts. I make mine achievable. So do, have you done anything that it may be a, a three-month or a one-month resolution instead of a New Year's resolution? Well, sometimes uh, I choose a, a word and just focus on that. So I've chosen the word joy. And I'm looking forward to having joy with my family, joy with Great. my friends, and making joyful memories. I think that uh, the pandemic has taught me anything. It's taught me that there is joy, and it's all up to me to make it. Mr. Keaton? Yeah, I like that, Joy, because that involves other folks as well as internal joy. Ms. Keaton, what about you? Did you resolve yourself to do anything different in 2021? 
I couldn't make the resolutions a long time ago also, but I, I had said that um, me and the wife was talking. I said, well, what could we do? And and, 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 and and I said, you know, I can I can become I can become a better person and try to be a better person. And if I can be better, even though I don't consider myself to be a bad person, but if I can get better and continue to work at being better, then to whoever I get in, come in contact with, I will make their lives better also. So being a better person is something that I would look forward to doing this year. I love that you had the conversation with the lady of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, Mr. And she told him that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so it was a combined effort. Mr. Mark White, any insight? Yes. Yeah. I, I had stopped making resolutions many, times, uh, many years ago as well. Uh, you always... They always fall short. But the one thing I definitely want to continue is to commit is to, you know, continue to work hard, um, continue to develop the business and, and the craft that I'm in. Also to continue to improve myself mentally um, and, and, you know, have a real good grasp on what goes on in the community as well as what goes on in the United States. And also to try to help those who don't, quite understand what's going on and to try to help those in a position where they can make a difference as well. You know, it's easy for us to sit here and we're talking on the radio and, you know, each one of us can make a difference and have made a difference for somebody or a group of people. But in order to get everybody on board, we need to try to extend ourselves to try to help each and every person that we possibly can. So, you know, my commitment is to try to continue to do those things and uh, see if we can help this community grow to an even stronger community than we got. All right, Lemoy, did you have a New Year's resolution? I don't really do resolutions either, but you can't help but to give it some thought. So every year, the one thing that I do do, uh, and for those that don't know, I'm an academic librarian. So I do set a goal number of books to read. Um, I do set a total number of steps per week to run. Um, and then, there, you know, and I just take goals daily, weekly and monthly, um, coupled together with all of task duties and leisure things. But over all of that um, rest and I'm with Miss Rice with saying if this pandemic hasn't taught us anything is among, you know, even in the chaos of life, we have to rest. All right. Uh, appreciate the crosstalk panelists. Uh, it was kind of an abbreviated uh, d- approach to the topics that we took, but they're astute and, and they were able to kind of handle it and jump on it. But that is all for this show. This show is a wrap. We're going to be back next week. I don't know who our guests are going to be, but we're going to line them up and we're going to have a great st- show for you. Um, and that's all for the show. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week for another exciting show and more exciting guests. Now, on behalf of Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks and the great and wonderful people here at Texarkana Radio, we thank you for being our listener. We thank Dick McGarrett for being our sponsor. And we hope that uh, you'll continue to, to, to tune into the show. Remember, you are listening to KTOY Radio 104.7 FM, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. And you can also catch this podcast live uh station 105.9 is our sister station or at the texas county radio center if you look it up on a podcast so that said i do have a closing quote this is uh something that mr nelson started and uh-huh. i kind of love it but mine is a scripture philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me amen that said we'll see you guys next week on the sunday show
The Sunday Show will return next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have questions, contact Dee Dee Woods, ddwoods56 at aol.com. The views and opinions expressed during the Sunday Show are not necessarily the views or opinions of Texarkana Radio Center. More of your favorite jams coming up. Coming up now, your greater Texarkana weather on Jammin' 104.7 KTOY.